Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. dedicated to Henry Foreman. In the year of the primal war, the dawn of terrestrial Welcome, my friends. Welcome, my fiends, to episode. Who knows? Who knows what episode it is of Agitators Anonymous? Um, Primordial just played the album to the Nameless Dead at Beyond the Gates. This uh, podcast is going to be a little bit of a recap about some of the things that happened there. But within that album, there is a song called Gallows Hymn. And the second verse, if I can remember, if I can poke my adult brain into remembering, is. Brother, many a crooked day we spent telling tales and making myths, yet sharpening our tongues, but doing little but growing old. Now, that line, that verse was basically written um, at the time, uh, I guess 2007, about a series of um, Primordial had started playing festivals in about 2000, the big open air festival. I think the first one was Full Force Festival. And Though every year we would go back to festivals and we would meet the same friends, um, the same people, and we would hang out together. And that's really what that verse is. It's about sitting at the table. Well, you've all done it. You've all gone to festivals. You're probably at a festival right now. Well, God, I hope you're... Oh, God. <laughs> well, what I mean is, um, I hope you're having fun at a festival and not listening to me. Um, But the point being that you're sitting around the table with the friends you see every summer, you congregate at the at metal festivals, at festivals, whether it's as a spectator, whether it's as a musician and you talk the world through, you have drinks, you sit around, you reacquaint yourselves, you you renew old friendships, um, which is exactly what happened at Beyond the Gates last weekend. Um, and how musicians miss the conversations with musicians. Promodial has been a bit isolated this summer. This was actually the only festival we played um, for whatever reason. There was cancellations and there was other circumstance. But musicians miss the company of other musicians, as I'm sure you, um, as a listener, think to yourself, well, every year I go to Partisan and you know what? I see some people only at Partisan and we catch up. Well, that's what that line of that song, Gallows Hymn, is about. Many a crooked day we spent, which is really referring to getting drunk, getting a bit fucked up, letting the sun take its toll on you. Many a crooked day we spent telling tales and making myths. You know that glorious moment where you're at the table together and somebody is holding court. Let's say it's a KK from Destroyer 666 telling a brilliant story. 
um, about growing up in Australia in the early 90s or, you know, another time you could be, I can remember sharing many hours and many drinks with Mikko from Opeth, listening to his stories from the early 90s or who knows, pick whoever it is that's important to you that you see maybe um, once a year that you're really happy to to bump into. Um, every Beyond the Gates, I always pop, uh, I always go down and um, have a chat with Gal and catch up with what's going on with him. Um, and there are people you look forward to seeing every year. So that's what that verse of that song is about, which ironically was of, uh, one of the songs that we played at Beyond the Gates. Before we go further, I have to mention that the sponsors are, of course, Metal Blade Records. You can go to IndieMerch.com slash Metal Blade Records and you can get 10% off your order, which I would advise because it's quite a lot of money. Uh, maybe you want to go, as I said many times before, check out those Merciful Fate albums from the 90s that you should already know. Time into the unknown. Maybe you want to go and check out some old Primordial. You will need Cannibal Corpse the Bleeding on vinyl. Who knows what it is, but go and take a look there. Um, also, if you're in the... If you're in the, uh, if you need a backdrop for, it could be anything. You could be doing a tattoo convention. You need a backdrop to hang behind you. You might need it for, um, who knows? Maybe you are running, um, you know, a coal tan mine in um, Sierra Leone, and you need uh, a really nice backdrop for when you're presenting it as an eco-friendly endeavor to uh, members of the World Economic Forum. Um, contact me, hit me up, and I'll set you up with a really sweet backdrop deal. You can just slide into my DMs. Anyway, anyway, what am I talking about? I'm talking about um, the principle that every summer, and this was, of course, interrupted by the pandemic, interrupted by lockdown, um, and it's sort of absence made the heart grow fonder, which makes it even more um, difficult to sort of abrogate, to consider, um, especially for Primordial, that we didn't have many festivals this summer, because you do look forward to the catch-up. You look forward to the hangout. You look forward to um, finding out what's happening with all these different people from these different bands. Um, um, how old do you look since the last time we met? How much grayer you are? Um, all sorts of stuff. Everything from catching up with family. It's like catching up with your sort of extended dysfunctional family. But what I'm going to talk about is um, basically uh, something that happened to me at Beyond the Gates that I kind of foresaw, that I talked about the previous week in the sort of slightly rushed podcast that I made before going to Beyond the Gates and how it can happen to any musician. In fact, it could happen to you in any walk of life that you were in. And then I'm going to go backwards as to why that happened. Now, there's a moment which you dread when you're a musician, um, and that is, especially as a singer, and this is exactly what happened to me. So Promoti was playing on the Friday. We were after Eternal Champion before our friends from Alcest and before Creator. Now, what happens is, or what happened is that during Empire Falls, right at the start, my in-ears, in-ears are like your own little monitors that you put in your ears. Now, I've only just started using them for singing. They're very good for helping your voice if you're feeling a bit tired. We rehearsed earlier that day. No problems. Come down. You think everything's going to be fine. And just that moment, and I'm going to go from this moment backwards to why that happened and how you cope with it. But that moment where during Empire Falls, first verse, okay, not too bad. Second verse, um, you know, I am my father's son and I got completely lost. My in-ears were not working. 
Um, in fact, it just sounded like a complete blur, a buzz. In that main room in Greek Island, the ceiling is so high. And so you have to compensate for that by probably taking a little bit of the hard end out of your sound, which we didn't really do um, because we only got 15, 20 minutes to change over. But there's a moment, um, and it's everything that you dread as a singer, which is all of a sudden you second guess yourself, something that should be instinctual, which you've sang 100, 200 times that should just come right from within you and just come out. Where is, um, you know, I am my father's son. And I made a mistake because I couldn't hear where I was with the in-ears. I took the in-ears out and I looked at the monitor engineer and he just gave me this look, look like, like, what the fuck is happening? And I guess he turned down the vocals then in the front monitor because he thought I thought they were too loud. And in that look, um, he just lost me then. I could hear absolutely nothing. And that's the moment where you know you're about to make a mistake. The heart drops and you think to yourself, oh, fuck. There's four, three, three whatever there is, two and a half, three thousand people watching. You know, it's your only gig of the summer um, and it takes on much greater weight and importance. Because if you were playing the next day or you just played the previous week, it would be one of a, you know, you would go, well, look, we, we did this right last weekend. Come on, pull yourself together. And I looked across at Kieran's hands trying to figure out where he was in the riff. And he looked at me and he gave me the, the nod like, that's where it is. But I couldn't hear anything where I was in the singing. I put the in-ears back into my ear, didn't hear anything. And I was lost, literally lost. And there's a moment where you look out, you try not to look at the crowd, but you look at the crowd and people in the crowd go, oh, fuck, something's happening. He's lost. And in that moment, your whole gig can go to hell. Um, and I was lost. I pulled the in-ears out of my ear, stormed across the side of stage. I was like, what the fuck? Blah, blah, screaming and shouting at the monitor engineer who was like, I don't know, just shaking in his hands. And I, this is um, what you have to do, I think. And... People who saw the show, by and large, afterwards, I was pretty pissed off because I was concentrating on this one small mistake. But everyone's like, oh, great show, brilliant show, etc., etc. Um, I hid behind the amp on the left-hand side, stage right, threw off my coat, threw it on the ground, screamed and shouted at the monitor engineer who still didn't know what was happening. Um, and there's a moment where you have to take a breath to calm, calibrate yourself and go... If you don't calm down, this whole set is going to be an angry mess and you're going to lose your voice. And I had to go, take a very, very deep breath, listen to where we were in the song, and I could hear, okay, we're on the third verse. You know, just before, if you know the song. It's like, to me, it always reminded me of something by Megadeth from Sephardic Good So What in the middle of the song. So just before that, I realized like, okay, that's where we are in the song. So you know what the next line is. You know, every empire falls this high bit and then these are the lands of our birth. And I thought, right, from here on in, you nail it. You don't make a mistake. And you go back out, you raise your hands and you go, right. And everybody acknowledges, okay, something happened there. We don't know what it is. Um, because if you dwell on that, where that what that happened that mistake i put my in-ears back in turned them back on there was this faint sort of in and out fuzzy feedbacky thing so i left one in took the other one out said turn the monitors back up at the front please and take out the there was way too much delay and everything and all washy noise um and i found a, a stable sort of level and then came in and hit it hard with the next bit that came in and you can sense there's a great 
um, for the people who love the band, it's like, okay, okay, he's dialed it back in. But your heart kind of sinks, and for a moment, the whole show can go to hell um, because you are, um, you're so, well, for me, as I mentioned last week in last week's podcast, you can get so stressed out and so fixated on small little details. Now, probably if I'd had a glass more of wine, I might have coped a bit better. But in that moment, I just went behind the amp, threw my jacket on the ground, swore a bit at the monitor engineer, who... You know, as I will now work backwards as to why this happens um, and how it all began with Mud. Um, yes, Mud. My name is Mud. Um, hence the, uh, I think, the title of the podcast. Even though I really, really dislike Primus immensely. Um, it's too quirky and odd for me. I can appreciate they're good musicians, but at the same time, nah. And, the, and always Primus fans are a bit like Tool fans, just sort of annoying know-it-alls. Who, um, you know, comedy, music, meh, no. I don't like Frank Zappa. I prefer Inferno War. Look, what am I going to say? Anyway, so that moment where everything almost came crashing down and then you redeem it from the flames and you come back up. Um, and from then on, I didn't make any mistakes and I put everything I had into the singing right to the end. And I made sure I'm going to double down on killing the rest of the set. And of course, you come off the stage, you're a bit kind of fixated on that first mistake because it weighs heavy on you. Like I said, if you're off to a festival the next day, you know you can write that wrong. But when you don't have many festivals, you don't aren't playing that much, and you don't get a chance to write the wrong immediately. Anyway, so why why does a mistake like that happen? Well, let's you have to go back to the festival chaos that started happening in Europe over the last well, week, week and a half. Some of you may have gone to VAC and Open Air. Some of you may um, have heard about it, but Basically, um, the weather in Ireland for the last five or six weeks, it's not so bad right now, but it's been grey, overcast, rain almost every day. It's been like a sort of um, October the 23rd uh, for five weeks. Um, there's been gigs in a park across from me that have been literally just, they've been handing out free umbrellas and free uh, rain jackets at the door because it's been torrential rain when um, all these, you know, nonsense, soporific pop bands or indie bands have been playing. Um, and it was a sort of a portend of things to come. So well, so after Europe's incredible heat wave, they started to get very extreme weather and there was just literally a deluge uh, like the likes of which Vakan, who are usually super prepared for, have never seen before. And so I've been told from people who were there, um, the queue to get in for the campsite was people were queuing for 10 or 14 hours and they're just it was just a mud bath. There was just no way of um, uh, managing to get all those people. They issued warnings like if you're traveling, don't come. Um, and there were friends of mine who said they did everything possible, but that it was almost became like a refugee situation um, without being uh, too extreme or hyperbolic about it. But um, it was absolute craziness. So 70, 80,000 people um, just kind of stranded in the middle of this um, you know, weather deluge. Now, I heard the festival went ahead with about half capacity um, because uh, there just was nowhere for people to camp. Um, and you'll know what it's like if you go somewhere um, and unforeseen weather uproots the campsite. It can be one of the most miserable experiences you've ever had. But mud, mud, my name is mud. So this started off a chain reaction of... Um, of course, bands being stranded, gear being lost, crew being lost, and it melded into metal days. Um, so Slovenia and Slovakia, um, I think, almost issued a state of emergency with uh, their weather. 
and there was uh, Metal Days in Slovenia. A, you know, was a great festival. Um, beautiful surroundings this lovely small village and passing through this kind of river and a lake and people would have little wooden huts lovely beautiful played there a few times but it was moved um, to this new location now I know there's been some people discussing politics about that I don't really know about that but what I do know is there seemed to be a bridge one bridge into this new area and people just got stranded on the other side of it because they closed the bridge more or less just leaving people um, in this sort of um, um, weather disaster zone. I heard stories of bands um, literally just getting across the bridge to get out of the country to get to their other festivals and members of Heilung being stranded or members of this band being stranded and um, people literally being stranded on this sort of um, the, the region, the area of the new festival. Just an absolute crazy weather. Um, wild, wild weather. And as I said, my name is Mud. So what happened? The reason, let's connect all these dots. You know, what do they say? A butterfly, a butterfly flaps its wings in Tokyo and it causes, um, you know, uh, me to be struck by lightning in Dublin. Uh, almost, almost. What happened is, is that Creator were playing these festivals uh, and Creator arrived at Beyond the Gates with um, missing all of their gear, um, missing crew, missing all sorts of people. So they're playing on the same day as us. So what happens then is you have creator sound checking all different instruments. Um, in fairness to them, they, they went ahead and played. There are other bands, big bands I know who would cancel shows if they didn't have all of their gear. Then you have Alcest, uh, who have to set up their own bank of equipment, you know, their own drums, uh, which go with their sound. You have Eternal Champion before us. So there's four different bands trying to check backline in the space of a couple of hours. And um, Eternal Champion are first, so they would get to be on stage uh, checking in the beginning. Alcest with their sound bank, creator being sound checking all day. So what happens is, is that the crew, the local crew, get very stretched, to say the least. So what happens is when I went round the side of the stage to um, pick up my in-ears, do my microphone, all this kind of stuff, um, nothing was plugged in. Now... Um, of course, that's the reason why when I started the show, my in-ears didn't work because you have to dial in the frequency. So what happens is... Um Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Of course, without casting aspersions, everybody is running around trying to fix the problem, trying to fix the gear problem, which was caused by these crazy weather conditions all across Europe. Uh, and it ends up with me um, plugging in my in-ears and they don't work and then our monitor's not really being primed. Who can you blame for that? Well, I mean, look, the problem is, of course, that 
um, the post-pandemic world is that everyone is being asked to do more for the same money as before. There's not enough crew. A lot of crew have moved sideways into other jobs because, of course, they lost their jobs for two, three years during the pandemic. Um, and the price of flights and all that kind of stuff. Many bands are choosing not to bring any crew. So you can be very lucky and you can, you know, you can um, slide on through and everything can work your way and everything can fall into place or it can't as it did for that for me with two verses of the song Empire Falls where um, if you have your stage guy that would have all been fixed um, but it didn't and those are the reasons my name is Mud the Mud started a chain reaction and it sort of left me in the position that I was in but like I just thought it might be interesting to discuss how there's a moment where you just have to kind of take stock of the situation and you've probably done this in your own job in your own industry in your own place of work where there's a moment where you become overwhelmed and um, what is that Rudyard Kipling um, poem if you can keep your head while all about are losing theirs and um, very much I was about to lose my head to lose my temper to lose my um, self-control and it's experience partly but also that moment where like I said you I kind of stood behind the amp and hid myself away from the crowd and I just um, you know, screamed and shouted for a moment. And then I thought, what good is this going to do? You're going to have to, you have to cope with this situation. You have to get on top of it. You have to defeat it. Now, I know there's lots of conversations about that kind of thing in the manosphere, which is a really weird um, context. I guess it's all a podcast manosphere, the YouTubers, the kind of gym bro guys, or the kind of, um, you know, many often very kind of sculpted, big bearded guys telling you that the kind of sleep you get is not the right sleep. You shouldn't drink coffee when you could, you should do this. You should, I don't know, um, only suck the marrow from bones of deer that you've hunted and killed yourself with your bare hands, um, you know, at dawn on a side of a mountain and then meditated and blah, blah, blah. It can all get very tiresome because, you know, we do like our vices and we do like to have some nice things to live for. And, it, you know, the kind of manosphere context of um, self-improvement gets tiresome. I understand that it's a huge kind of industry. And it ends in the sort of weird kind of aggressive narcissism of, you know, Andrew Tate or something like this. Um, even though, as with many of these people, um, there are um, there are always kind of truthful things and statements here and there. But this whole um, sort of manospheric um, idea of self-empowerment and self-betterment and self-control. Well, here was a moment where I suppose that is exactly what I had to do. Um, and anyone, as I said, who's done it themselves uh, in certain environments have to do where you have to take stock for a moment and you have to take the, the mistake on the chin. You have to take the fact that you've made a very public mistake in front of two and a half thousand people where, you know, people are looking going. Ooh. And there's even you make eye contact with somebody who's a friend of yours and they, they give you a what the fuck can I do kind of look, um, which I caught the eye of my good friend um, Bjorn from Mara and one tail, one head and all this kind of stuff. Look at the side and I could see he was like, oh, you know, he knew there was something wrong on the stage. But to your average person in the crowd, they just think, oh, he's just made a mistake. Well, it's it's 90, it's 75 percent circumstance and context and uh, stuff not working. And then there's the part of you that um, has made a mistake and that you have to acknowledge that you have to own up to that. And you have to go, well, there's been times before where I've been able to sing hearing absolutely nothing. Why was this not one of those times? The reason is partly because, I suppose, of the weight of expectation. You're in front of a bigger crowd. It's a more prestigious thing. If it was a small um, 
gig in front of 100 people in a bar, you might think to yourself, well, look, you expect me to hear things properly in a bar with 100 people in it? There's going to be mistakes. And so you have that extra glass of red wine and you just roll with it. But it's very hard to roll with it when, of course, you're playing before such professional bands as Alcest and Creator. Um, and if you were to just roll with every mistake, you'd find yourself not, uh, going too easy on yourself. But there's that moment where you have to kind of reclaim um, your, your self-control from the ashes of a pretty difficult situation and sort of reapply yourself. Um, I don't know if that gains me points in the manosphere. I'm, you know, a gym bro, make a podcast bro or whatever that song is. Um, but that's often some of the kind of things they talk about. Although I certainly didn't get up before noon the uh, next day and go like hunting on the sides of the mountains in Bergen and sucking the marrow from whatever native indigenous animals they have that might live on the side of uh, a mountain there. Um, maybe some moose or some elk. I don't know. I didn't see any. But there are also lessons to be learned because um, I came back from the back to the gig in the backstage and I could only concentrate on the negative impact of those two verses. And it's something to do with your mindset. It's something to do with, like I said, if you've if you're in a a run of gigs, I suppose very much like a uh, you know, a, a football team or a sports team who lose a game in the middle of the season, you know, next Saturday or next Wednesday or whatever it is, you get to put the shirt back on and go, right, we do right the wrongs of what happened last um, weekend where you know maybe you missed that header that simple header and somebody snuck in behind you scored a goal or whatever that's kind of a bit how I felt except there is no gig the next day where you're able to put that wrong right and so I quite envied for example Marduk uh, you know sitting uh, talking to Marduk and they were like yeah we're playing tomorrow here and tomorrow there and tomorrow there and you realize that if you have a 6 out of 10 gig on the Thursday well maybe the gig on Friday will be 9 out of 10 and that makes an average of well 7.5 out of 10 which is not bad to take home with you for a weekend so if you do have a little mini disaster you're able to write it the next day and that's what you really would have loved I would have loved the next day to sing Empire Falls absolutely correctly and fix my wireless properly and sit down and you know dial it in myself well i couldn't really do that because i don't really know how to do that hence why i gave it to the um you know the monitor people at the side uh you know an hour an hour and a half for the gig but anyway that's besides the point the point is coping with adversity coping you know taking that big big right hook on the chin and then taking that moment to go down for a couple of seconds and then come back and go all right all right all right we have to see this out or else the gig goes to hell and you've just wasted and lost and this opportunity that's taken you all these years maybe to get to that the bigger venue to get to the two or three thousand uh seat kind of like mini arena of greek hallen and then to get there and then to fuck up and especially to fuck up and then have a band like alcest who are supremely professional a brilliant band um, come right afterwards and just clean up would make you feel, um, you know, even worse. So that moment you take when you stand behind the amp and go, come on, pull yourself together. Now, there are people, plenty of you probably who saw the show and thinking, what the fuck is he talking about? I barely noticed anything. I just noticed there was no singing for one part. Well, if that's what you noticed, great, great. But like I said, these are the things that can kind of weigh heavy on um, musicians. Now you will notice that last week's podcast had almost an entire song by the band The Crawling from Northern Ireland. So they are the uh, monthly sponsors of the podcast and so you'll hear them under this. So you will find the links to go and follow their socials. It's a specific kind of uh, emotional doom death metal. Go back to the podcast last week and you'll find an almost complete song. 
And all the band's social links are in the description under the podcast. Go and check them out. But how will these extreme weather conditions affect um, festivals going forwards? I mean, there is nothing... There is no... I know that there is the huge... And I've sort of stepped into it a, a little bit here and there, the huge the climate change argument. Um, and you have to preface it by saying, of course there is a discussion to be had on climate. Of course there is. But, you know, um, whether we... you know, the, As I said before, the Greta paradox of um, where she came from and who was she lobbied by and sponsored by and paid for and what are the motives of the people behind her. Because the optics of arguing with a child are so awful... Um, she can say the things that these industry insiders want to say. So what part is actual genuine uh, climate change and the discussion that should be had and what part is disaster capitalism? Is people making taking advantage of the situation? That's always my question. Um, what part of it, um, what part of, you know, civil liberties will be taken from people in the name of, um, well, this is what you must accept now, this is what you must do in the name of, um, you know, the, the climate emergency or whatever. Of course, there is a discussion to be had, but as normal as so many of things in modern uh, in the modern day, I think so many um, genuine discussions, genuine points of view are couched, are set in, in such emotional language that it's almost impossible to sit in the middle and just have a rational, reasonable debate about what is and isn't. Um, but certainly, if you have young relatives as well, you'll know that the message of, um, you know... Um, Saint Greta or, you know, she's like a modern day Joan of Arc. Um, she reaches them directly through Twitter and she said, you know, the world is ending in five years. And if you're nine years old, that's pretty heavy shit because you remember you were the same age yourself and you thought um, that the, you know, you thought that your parents and your, um, once you begin to discover about the environment and ecological disaster and the chopping down the rainforest, I remember arguing with my parents at 13, 14, telling them that they've, they've ruined my future and this, that, the other, because that's the nature of being a teenager of a young person of reaching for these uh, emotionally couched arguments. But what we're doing in a society is sort of setting up a society where we expect children uh, to behave like adults and adults to behave like children. And as I said, the optics of anyone arguing with a child are so awful that um, you just wonder who's sponsoring and lobbying these things. Well, that's how my mind works, even though there is, of course, a very um, real discussion to be had. How do we have that? I'm not exactly sure, but there's nothing to say that next year's festival season will just go off without a hitch and we won't have the extremities of weather that we happen to have this summer because the idea that we never had weather before is also untrue. Um, there's been extremities of weather throughout the world, um, throughout the centuries. And so where do we, you know, the emotional argument, how do we square that with the statistics that we know that we've measured over the last, you know, couple of hundred years or so, or hundred years even. Um, that's the sort of thing, more thing, the sort of I'm interested in. Although it is clear that this summer has been pretty remarkable, pretty remarkable to say the least. And in the grand scheme of things, maybe it seems crass to frame um, the climate discussions in terms of um, festivals and heavy metal and traveling and moving and all this kind of stuff. Who knows what, how the next couple of years will um, will sort of unfold. But there is a part of me that wonders about the things. And these are the things that I talked about in the beginning of the podcast. The idea that, you know, you can see, you can find videos of members of the World Economic Forum, of where members of um, governments um, who've been filmed discussing, well, you know, um, the pandemic and lockdown was, we, you know, we had a pretty good opportunity um, 
to exercise power and control over people at that moment, you know, take advantage of the disaster. Um, and now we pivot. Now we pivot to climate and we keep expanding upon those levels of control. I mean, it's, you know, you can find politicians and people discussing things. It's a, it's not a secret. Um, but again, what is real, what is not in terms of the debate? And it may be foolhardy of me to discuss these things because it's such an emotive issue um, that people get so angry just about the idea that you might even, well, discuss like, well, what are the motivations of um, companies or multinational companies or um, what are the what are the motives and the, the profit margins of companies that uh, seek to profit from the expurgation of this idea of the fact that um, you know, we have an energy, you know, an energy crisis uh, whereby energy companies are making more money than ever. You have a war in Ukraine, so you have munitions companies making more money than ever. Doesn't it strike you that the constant state of emergency benefits people who make profit from emergency and disaster? Anyway, maybe I shouldn't have tagged that on to the end of the podcast. My name is Mud. I just thought I would share... Um, the uh, how we say the 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 butterfly flapping its wing in Tokyo creates a mud bath in Vakan, which then affects my in ear monitors as I stand on the stage of Beyond the Gates and fuck up the second verse of Empire Falls. That, my friends, is the great conundrum. Um, will we be able to have maybe a climate discussion on the podcast? I don't know. I certainly feel that I should um, discuss some difficult things uh, or more difficult things on the podcast in the in the next while. Who knows? Um, next week is going to be um, a great guest. I hope it's Mirai from Psy. Uh, the very first band Primordial ever went on tour with. I would advise going back to episode one or two of the podcast to hear the crazy stories from 94 when... Um, we had uh, Primordial went on tour with Sai. Sai stayed in my parents' house. Um, classic parents uh, coming home from holiday early to find Sai asleep in my uh, the front room. Oh, I mean, look, go back to episode one or two and you'll find this crazy story. But Mirai from Sai is hopefully coming on the podcast next week. Um, of course, all the people I thought I should interview at Beyond the Gates, I didn't because it seems a bit rude to just go, hey, you know this catching up we're having now, this good chat. Can I just put a phone and record it for posterity for my dumb podcast anyway anyway my friends agitators anonymous skepticism is the only rational perspective indeed tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts good news ad free listening is available on amazon music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your prime membership stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the amazon music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.